Hey, it's Nikki. If you're tuning into this podcast, chances are high that you experience at least occasional moments of overwhelm, resistance, lack of inspiration, and general WTF, can I even do this? Moments. Yes? Well, I made something for you. It's called the Naptime Empire Survival Guide, an email and audio series specifically curated to help you shift out of overwhelm, comparison, hiding in the bathroom, and back into inspired aligned action. We're talking unfiltered stories and insights from entrepreneurial moms who get this life, plus tried and tested tools to use when your brain is full, your energy's drained, and you could use some help getting your spark back. It's all delivered right to your inbox, organized neatly in emails that you can store up for a rainy day and come back to as often as you need to. As a fun bonus, you'll also get an invite to join my private Facebook community so you can get behind the scenes scoop on the Naptime Empires book and first dibs on my most recent offers as they come to life. Visit naptimeempires.com slash guide to secure your copy and I'll meet you in your inbox. All right, now back to the episode. You're listening to the Naptime Empires podcast with my mom, Nikki Ellidge Brown. Mom, your show's on. Thanks, bud. I got it from here. Welcome to the Naptime Empires podcast, refreshingly honest conversations on the realities of parenthood and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Nikki Elledge Brown. Let's get started. Decora Davis is an intellectual property advocate, attorney, author, speaker, wife, and mom to two toddlers. Her life's passion is to push people into their purpose and help them protect their big ideas along the way. She founded the Creators Law Firm in 2017 to help experts and entrepreneurs protect their brands so they can grow their businesses with peace of mind. Then she launched the Business Bakery in 2019 to put the best legal tools and business trainings into the hands of up-and-coming business owners. Decora's work has been featured on VH1, Black Enterprise, and in partnership with Facebook. Hello. <laughs> the Creators Law Firm has helped hundreds of business owners, including me, secure their brand and proudly boasts a 98.5% success rate for trademark registrations, which is amazing. In this conversation, we cover how being laid off after having her son sparked her to a whole new level of success, her experience applying for over 100 jobs facing depression and imposter syndrome, the divine message that finally inspired her to go out on her own, why she describes preparation as the highest form of faith. I love that. The story of when VH1 came calling when she had just opened her new firm and how all that came together, her best tips for dismantling perfectionism and activating courage, what inspired her to write her first book, Planted to Produce, and how she shifted from hustle mode to leading a super capable team so that her business doesn't depend completely on her. Super inspiring conversation. I think you're gonna love Takora. Enjoy. All right, Takora, we're live, not live. We're live in our life right now, but <laughs> we're recording <laughs> this for the future. And I'm so excited to have you on and just to share more about your story and your business and your family and your book. I have my own copy, which is really exciting. I feel like a talk show host, like to have the book in hand <laughs> while we're doing the interview. <laughs> so there's lots we can talk about. Before we actually dive in though, I would love it if you just set us up with the context of your own naptime empire, like how you started your own business, when in the timeline that came along, as opposed to when your two little ones came along. That way we kind of know this, the background before we dive into more details. Of course, I'd love to share. Um, so I'm Takora Davis. I'm the founder of The Creators Law Firm. We are a boutique intellectual property law firm, and we help experts and entrepreneurs protect their brands so that they can grow their business with peace of mind. Um, 
I started my Naptime Empire uh, January 2017. I had a seven-month-old baby on my hip at the Mm. time of launching my law firm, completely and totally terrified, had zero experience with entrepreneurship or really starting a business, you know, outside of some, you know, things that I kind of picked up along the way. Um, And it's just been such an amazing ride for the past three and a half years of just slowly growing something. What I love about entrepreneurship is like, we literally have these ideas in our head and we're like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. And Mm -hmm. we create things that never existed before. Um, And about, gosh, I would say maybe a year uh, into having the firm. Yeah, I got, you know, pregnant with my second and I ended up having my daughter in 2018. So um, that was different, you know, starting with a seven month old baby. um, You know, I remember like, nursing my son while like working on my website and yes. working on trademark. Entrepreneursing <laughs> is what I'm calling it. Entrepreneursing. Entrepreneursing. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I was entrepreneursing, um, you know, and um, just really grinding um, and just trying to make a way, you know, and just learning things along the way. And uh, just, you know, I remember those beginning days and just thinking like, I don't know what this is going to be, but I, I do believe that I have, something special to offer the world, even though it didn't really feel like the previous places I worked for saw what was inside of me, the potential, my passion, how I could help be a problem solver. Mm. And sometimes, you know, um, people give you the gift of doubt. And, you know, we look at people who doubt us a lot of times as something that's negative, you know, Mm. like, how could this person, uh, there's, you know, they, they don't think highly of me or they, they don't think that I'm capable. And sometimes we step into agreement with those people. We say, you know what, maybe they're right. Um, but really doubt can be a gift. It can be one of those things that fuels you and presses you and pushes you to, you know, um, move and do something amazing, you know? So I kind of felt like that's what happened with me, uh, you know, having, um, even before I started the firm, I was doing some part-time work with, um, a lawyer. And, um, when I had my son, I guess I should take a step back. (laughs) Um, this was in 2016. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask what sparked you to do this, like with no experience oh in goodness. building your own business. Yeah. Let's get that story. Yeah. Yeah. So that story is, um, you know, I was working as an intellectual property analyst in 27, no, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got pregnant with my son, you know, we were super excited. It was our first child. And, um, you know, shortly after finding out I was pregnant, I was actually laid off because Mm. they were downsizing the company. So everybody was getting laid off. Um, So I said, okay, you know, and my husband was like, hey, kick your feet up. Like, I'll take care of you. Like, it's going to be fine. And I'm like, no, I need a job. Like, (laughs) I didn't want to just rest. And that probably would have been the best thing to do at the time. But for me, I'm just like, no, you know, I was raised to be like gung-ho, independent, super focused. And I just never saw myself like, you know, just kind of being a homebody, even though that would have been great. You know, I was pregnant, like why not? Yeah. So, um, I ended up like kind of hitting the pavement, still putting out applications. And I got an interview with a local and I'm in Charlotte. 
um, North Carolina. I got an interview with a local entertainment law firm and I was so excited. I was like, this is the perfect job. I get to work with creatives and artists and this is exactly who I want to work with. And, um, you know, he saw that I was pregnant and he still hired me. And I was like, this is amazing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Shortly after I started working there, I realized this was like a terrible place, you know, um, meaning that the supervising attorney would like yell at us and cuss at us. Um, You know, he like even got in my face one time and keep in mind, I'm like six, seven months pregnant, Mm. you know, so he's like, you know, it just felt like every day I'm walking on eggshells and I knew that I was carrying my son and I said, you know what, Takora... (laughs) this is just, this, this guy is crazy, but I almost felt like I needed to be there. I had to be there. I almost felt like it was the only choice I had Mm. really because I made it my only choice. And so, um, you know, I continued to, excuse me, I continued to, um, you know, go in there every day and knowing what I knew. And I just said, I'm not going to internalize what he says. I don't want my son to feel, you know, his harsh words and things like that. I just said, you know what, I'm just going to go in and make the best of it. And I did good work while I was there. Went on maternity leave. This was like in the summer or getting into the summer of 2016 or the spring. Had my son in May. And nine days after I had my son, I thought, okay, (laughs) I guess I'm going to go back into this work environment. Um, And again, I was a baby attorney, meaning like I only had been licensed for maybe a year. Mm. hadn't had much legal experience. So my self-confidence in my skills and also in my experience was fairly low. So I think that was driving a lot of my decisions of, okay, maybe I should stay, you know, because of this particular reason, you know, and, um, I called him or I emailed him and I said, Hey, you know, I can actually start taking some cases, you know, uh, you know, and, um, he responded, he was like, Hey, I'm glad you reached out. I want to talk to you on the phone about you coming back. And so I'm holding my newborn baby, like nine day old baby in my arms. And we're talking on the phone. He's like, you know, why you've been gone? I really thought about this. And, you know, I no longer think you're fit for the success of this firm. I think you should stay home and focus on healing and get over your pregnancy brain. Oh, wow. And... You know, it just felt like someone hit me in the stomach. My husband, I had him on speakerphone, so my husband heard him, you know, and I really didn't know what to say in response to that. I just said, you know what? Thank you for the opportunity. Good good luck. Best wishes with everything. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I kind of looked at my son like, it's my little baby, like in my arms. And, you know, I said, okay. And I kind of just relaxed for the next month or so. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, why didn't you sue him? And, you know, I'm like, guys, I just had a baby. Right, right. right. I I didn't want to, like, I had gained 50 pounds. Like, my body, like, I felt like a different person. Like, and I was. Like, I was a new mom. My body was different. My self-confidence wasn't that high. You know, I wasn't sure if he was actually right. Like, maybe I'm not fit for the success. You know, then I thought... Suing someone is emotional and it's costly and it's really my word against his. I didn't Mm -hmm. record what he said. And so I said, I'm going to be, I'm just going to let my, my revenge be my success, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so shortly after that, I ended up starting to do some contract legal work, maybe making $18, $20 an hour. 
And although there's nothing wrong with that as a as an attorney, you know, going to school and thinking about the type of salary and the income I would be making, it was not enough to cover student loan payments. Yeah, it wasn't course. something that, you know, I thought that I would be in a position of receiving. And so I was doing that and I thought, okay, I'm going to just start applying for jobs. I know I applied for over 100 jobs oh and gosh. none of those law firms called me back. I applied for jobs and things that I wasn't even interested in doing because I just said, maybe I can just get my foot in the door and someone will give me a chance and I can try to do some stuff. And it just didn't work out. And I was just, you know, um, I remember like just driving in the car. Well, actually before, no, 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 I know, I know. Yeah. I was driving in the car. I was taking miles to a doctor's appointment in October, 2016. And, um, I just like started talking to God. I just was at my wits end and I'm sure I look crazy driving and just having a full fledged conversation, but I didn't <laughs> care. And I was just like, God, I've applied for over 100 jobs. I'm knocking on all these doors. You're not opening any door for me. And I know that you can just as evidenced by what has happened in my life in the past. And I just said, are you trying to say that I'm supposed to open my own law firm? <laughs> this straight because I know you've got (laughs) options and (laughs) what I'm hearing you say is (laughs) this is right and um you know he's it was like a piece that just washed over me Mm. when I asked the question and sometimes that's how our God communicates with me just like a piece and I just said oh my gosh I told you I totally didn't want to do that God like that's not what I want to do (laughs) Like I told you this, like in law school, I was like, I'm never opening my own law firm. No way you got, you know, I just was not interested. So I was just like, fine. I just submitted. I just said, fine. I said, well, I'm not calling it the law office of Decorah Davis. Like Mm. we need to have a different name. What am I going to call this place? And uh, I started driving. He said, and I have, this is the only time I've heard the audible voice of God. He said, you're my lawyer, the creator's lawyer. Mm. And so that's why it's called the creator's law firm. It's God's law firm. Um, but it's also the law firm for creatives, for creative people. I never thought, I never put that together. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you're telling this story. That's so amazing. Yeah. And so it just, you know, I, um, it gives me chills when I think about it. Cause I said, oh my goodness. I said, okay. And I thought maybe the creator's lawyer would be like, my moniker that I go by. And then mm-hmm. I realized, no, it's also the name of the firm. And, um, you know, I still was kind of like figuring things out and, you know, trying to say, okay, well, what am I going to do? And I kept going into that contract, you know, working those contract positions day in and day out. And I felt like this depression trying to sit in on me because I wasn't sure when I was going to start the firm. And this mm-hmm. is still maybe October, November of 2017. And I'm like, you know, and I had the name of the firm and the idea. Um, And, you know, I remember feeling like that depression trying to come in on me. And there's this planner, the Simplified Planner by Emily Lee. Mm -hmm. And I had like a little bit of extra money. So I bought the 2016 planner, like in the middle of the year, because the planner at the time was a little pricey for me, but it was like half off because half the year was <laughs> gone. The year was half off. <laughs> so I grabbed it up. And so I just kind of, that was something that brought me a little joy. And 
as I felt like that depression trying to weigh in on me, like, Takori, you're not going to find a way out of this place. Like, this is where you're going to be. Like, you think you want to start a law firm, but look at where you're at. You're only making 20 bucks an hour. You know, you don't have any experience. You haven't even filed one trademark and you want to call yourself a trademark attorney. Mm. And uh, I just felt like all of that, all of those thoughts just hitting me. And I looked down um, at the margins of the planner And in the margins of the planner on that day, there was a quote by Abraham Lincoln that said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Mm. And it just, it just, it's, it just, in that moment, I just simply changed my mind. I literally was like, okay, I'm going to predict my future. I'm going to create my future. And so I remember like hopping up and I went and they like had these like legal pads and I grabbed one of those and I'm right-handed, but I had to like view all of these documents like on the computer. And like, it literally, when, when you work as a contract attorney, what you do is like, you literally read emails and then you just like click the emails. Like this is responsive to a lawsuit. That's not responsive. This is, this isn't. So it's like literally doing that for 10 hours a day or eight mm-hmm. hours a day. So I said, okay. I like moved my mouse to my left hand (laughs) and I took the pencil or the pen in my right hand and I literally just started writing. I was like, the creator's law firm is going to be the premier law firm. It's going to be an intellectual property law firm. And I'm going to serve creative entrepreneurs and small business owners. We're going to be the go-to law firm. And, you know, people are going to be happy to work with me. And my employees are going to be, they're going to feel safe and amazing and validated and I began to write out like what I wanted, even though like I totally felt inadequate about even doing what I do now and having built what I built in those moments, like in that season of just darkness and just really not being sure, like I had to activate my faith. And you know, the highest form of faith is preparation. You know, you're preparing for something that hasn't happened yet. You're hoping for something that hasn't occurred yet. You're preparing for the clients and the customers that have not yet purchased. Like it is all this faith walk and something that is much greater than you, but it lives in you. And so in that moment, I just had to prepare. And the first thing that I was preparing was my mind, like the vision, like, you know, can you actually conceive and conceptualize what you want? Because if I know what I want, I can go after it. And so I would just write every day. And then when I would walk into the building, I used to walk in and dread walking in there. But I started to get happy. I would walk in and like I would get on the elevator with like these snooty attorneys and they wouldn't (laughs) even speak to me. They wouldn't even like look my way. And Mm -hmm. in my head, I would say, they don't even know who they're on the elevator with. They don't like, even know. They are like on the elevator with one of the greatest trademark attorneys in the world. Like I'm a multimillionaire and they're on the elevator with me. And they don't even realize it. Like I literally would say these things and I would walk off the elevator with such confidence. You know, that's what I was carrying inside of me because sometimes when you encounter people who, and you're like, man, they're where I'm at. You start to look at yourself and compare. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing that. And so I would even walk into the building like, today's going to be an amazing day. Today is one day closer to me opening my law firm. Like every single day that I went into the place that I was working, I realized that that was one day closer to my destiny. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So you can only get happy if you begin to think, well, I'm just one step closer to my destiny if I just have to go through this process. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for that tough season, that hard season, because it allows me to understand what other people are going through and encourage them because I have a spiritual gift of encouragement. And so it allows me to tell someone, I know where you're at. I, I've been there and this is what you can do. And this is how you can pull yourself through. And these are like tangible things that, you know, it might seem silly, but they actually work. And then you have to put work with the faith. Um, In December of 2016, my pastor called me up to the front of the church. And, you know, I had made plans to launch the firm eight months later. I said, I'm going to launch in August 2017. My son will be a year old. I'll be able to save up money because I'm like, (laughs) you're not making that much money. It's hard to invest in branding and all that type of stuff. And I said, I think I'll need maybe $10,000 saved to do this. And my pastor called me up to the front of the church and he said, God says, make haste. Open your law firm as fast as you can. He's going to send you clients from all across the country, all across the world. People will want to buy your law firm. They'll want to join your law firm. And my eyes were as big as saucers. And I'm looking at my pastor like, what? This is not the plan. Couldn't you have said this all. like in private, like <laughs> not in front of everybody? <laughs> when my husband and I were leaving the church that day, um, he was like, wow, no. Um, he was like, you know, wow, um, you know, that was pretty amazing what he said. And I was like, I know I got to start this business. He was like, well, when are you going to do it? I was like, like right now, like, that's what he said. Like, I'm going to do it right now. And my husband was like, huh? It was like a week or two before Christmas. (laughs) So I think I had like an extra, like 300 bucks that I was like using towards the firm to save up. And I said, okay, let me file my LLC paperwork. Um, it was just like 125 bucks and I had to pay the bar like 50 bucks for something. And I was like, I, I need a website. Like mm-hmm. people are going to have to like hire me. And so I like went on Squarespace and started putting my website together. And then I like bought Photoshop. I'm like, I don't even know why, but I thought, well, maybe I could just design stuff in Photoshop, yeah. which was silly. <laughs> and, um, I said, let me get my Facebook page together. And so I got a Facebook page and, um, I got like, you know, I was preparing because I was still waiting to get that approval to actually have the business. And um, that was, I was doing all this like over, you know, December, like Christmas time, New Year's time. And um, I got confirmation that everything was, you know, a thumbs up January 16th. Um, No, actually January 12th. And I said, okay, I'm going to launch January 16th. It was like Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, uh, the holiday. It was a day after my mom's birthday. And I said, mm-hmm. I think this is a good time. <laughs> it's a good time to launch. Yeah. And so I ended up just launching the firm. I did like a press release and I sent it to all my friends and colleagues because I was like, well, people need to know what I'm doing. And, you know, I said, okay, let me just start trying to, you know, hit the social media streets because that was free advertising. And I certainly didn't have money to invest in, you know, all this marketing and stuff. Yeah. And, um, a week later I got a phone call, which, um, actually a little less than a week later. Um, I got a phone call from some producers at VH1 and they needed an attorney to come on one of their shows to advise one of the clients. Yeah. 
Wow. They were my first client. But what's really really sweet about this story is um, the reason why VH1 found out about me is because I had a colleague that I went to law school with. Mm. And he um, went to high school with um, uh, the colleague I went to, excuse me, law school with. He went to high school with the producer at VH1. And they reached out to him like, hey, I know you're a lawyer. We need like, uh, IP lawyer, business entertainment lawyer. Do you know anybody? And he's like, oh, well, Decora just opened her firm. Oh my so, you know, yeah, her. And what's crazy is, you know, I was like, thank you so much for passing this along to me. And I'm still like doing this contract work, <laughs> you know, this contract yeah. legal work. And so like, um, you know, he was like, hey, just want to let you know that those producers will be calling you. I hope something exciting comes from it. I was like, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And he was like, yeah, they asked me like who I knew. And the only people that I knew that did this type of law were you and the guy you used to work for. Mm. The guy who fired me, right? And he said, but I don't like him. So (laughs) I wasn't going to tell him about this opportunity. Wow. And so he, that was amazing. So literally like two weeks after I, I opened the firm, I like was doing this recording for these reality TV stars for VH1. And like, I like literally had no, first they were going to fly me to New York because I was like, I don't even have an office. Like I was like mm-hmm. pretending, you know, yeah. they were like, actually, they're like, actually, we'll just come to your office and shoot. I was like, about okay. that. <laughs> I'm like, I just started calling my like mentors that I went to law school with. I was like, I, there's this opportunity. And I was like, I don't know where to do it at. Like, I don't, I don't have an office. Like maybe I can like borrow office. Like, you know, and there were people who were really generous, like, yeah, you can use my office. And then I ended up, um, contacting my mentor and she, her mentor was a former judge and the former judge, she owned this mansion. And, you know, the mansion was like where people could come and they would have like, uh, corporate events and weddings and stuff like that. It was really pretty. And she was like, sure, you can use our place. So like in the VH1 uh, recording, it's like this beautiful place. It yes. looks like I have, it's like a chandelier. Like it looks super uh, legit. And people are like, this is your office. I'm like, no, like, right. <laughs> today, <laughs> today it sure is. <laughs> right. So, I mean, uh, it was so cool. Um, but yeah, I mean like, so you know, and from there, you know, the show didn't come out until like four months later. So I still mm-hmm. had to like hit the pavement. So I was like, okay, I know the show is coming. And when the show airs, it's going to give me a legitimacy, like a stamp of approval in the minds of my ideal clients. But before that even happens, I should really be getting myself out there and trying to do really good work. And so that's what I spent the next few months doing. Just, you know, uh, I, I got into B school and that was so great because I started to learn, well, oh, this is how you build the foundations of a business and marketing and your website. And I started to implement the things that I learned from Marie Forleo and that really, 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 really changed the game. Next thing I started doing was like, you know, being helpful in Facebook groups, like, oh, hey, here's the difference between a trademark and a copywriter. Here's some things that you need to have in every contract, just trying to show my value. Um, And so, you know, then when the show aired, everyone was like, oh my gosh, you know, just sharing, 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 because the whole prior months, you know, I really just made it a point to be helpful. So when people saw me on TV, it was like, 
Right. Oh my goodness. I know her. Like yes. she's been so awesome. And so that really helped. And so that was like all that happened in the first year. <laughs> then, you know, um, just continuing to improve, invest in myself. Um, after my daughter was born, um, a few months after that, Facebook reached out um, because they were having um, these Facebook like um, community boost events and they were going to different cities and talking about how Facebook can be helpful when it comes to like entrepreneurship and building your business. And they reached out to me and they were like, you know, we would like to have you on a panel. Because I was like, I've utilized Facebook to build my law firm and build my community. And so they thought that was really cool. And then they circled back and they were like, hey, do you think it'd be, you know, would you be interested if we shot like a mini documentary on your law firm and like how you built your law firm using Facebook? I was like, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So like... They came knocking and then they like followed me around for the day and they showed like how I was like doing things like in my, my office, which is my closet office. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like, I had like a little office and things. So it was still small. Like it wasn't like this huge bustling law firm, but it doesn't have to be right. But it was showing how I've leveraged these tools on this platform to build my firm. And so it's just like, I look back at everything and I'm like, what if I just would have sat in fear? What if I just would have just sat there and been, you know, arrested by the fear of the unknown and not knowing what's going to happen and not launching and settling, settling for a place and a position that I knew I was greater than. Um, so I know that's a long story, but it's really hard to like condense it down. Uh, but I think every single part of it is important. Yeah. It's just so clear that one of your gifts is encouragement because you just sharing your story and even just the way that you're talking. I'm like, I'm doodling my notes over here with quotes to put in the show notes and it's like everything <laughs> that you're saying. Aww. But I, I just had seen your email last week where it was the highest form of faith is preparation. And that's so beautiful to me just as I'm sitting here in my studio slash guest room slash baby's room um, and upstairs office looking at this crib, you know, because it's like, even with this pregnancy, when we had just had a couple of losses last year, Mm -hmm. just to be able to put the crib up, just to be able to like tell people, you know, it's like, that is preparation. And it was scary because it's like, okay, we're doing this, which means we're assuming this is going to work out this time, you know, like that she's going to be here and be in this crib, you know? So for so many so many reasons. And it's just so cool because if you hadn't opened it, if you hadn't made haste, then maybe that buddy would have been like, okay, I know she's going to do it, but she's not doing it yet. So do I have to give this opportunity to this guy? Like, it's just so inspiring to hear that. And I also randomly had a TV show, reality TV show. It had nothing to do with my business, but in that first year of business too. So I understand the whole like, oh my gosh, I'm doing something that's like really kind of weird. And again, it was weird for me because it was a, like a reality home buying, air quotes, reality home buying show. Cool. <laughs> in Hawaii. Yeah. But it was like knowing that you've done that and you anchor it in and you know that it's going to be coming out later and there's going to be more eyeballs on you. And it still airs. That was what, seven years ago, it still airs internationally. I'll wow. have like people on Instagram be like, Hey, we were just watching you in New Zealand or in Brazil <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, Hey, but um, it's just funny. Cause it's like, it anchors it in. And I'm also just so inspired about when you said when it shifted on the way to the doctor's office and you had that peace wash over you, I just get it because Mm -hmm. it's like, then there's a little pep in your step, even though you don't know what the next step is going to be. It's so beautiful how you turned that experience at the last, at the contract work into 
like you had that anticipation because you were feeling Mm -hmm. pulled forward by the vision, which is so powerful because it's not about our circumstances necessarily changing, but our perceptions changing and what we're seeing and moving forward. So I'm grateful for every bit that you you. just There's so much, there's so much power in perception. Yeah. Gosh, there's so much in it. And, and, you know, you can be looking at the exact same situation and experiencing the exact same thing that other people are and say, I'm going to have a different outcome or I'm just going to choose something different because the reality of the situation, it looks one way. It looks bleak. It looks like this is it. This is the end of the road. This is the best you're going to do. But really it just depends on which reality you're going to choose. Yeah. So how did you shift from like those early days, which again, it's like, they were all early days. This is only a few years ago. you were Mm -hmm. doing this. Like, so what, what really helped you start to get clients that are, you know, like me and other business owners that were like, okay, I I do, I need a trademark. You know, what was it that shifted where was it word of mouth through the communities that you were in? And like you said, showing up in Facebook groups and that's how I got started too. And making a name for myself just by being a value. But what was it that worked for you to start really building your client base? You know, really like, and I will tell you, like, I just hustled and it probably was not the best way to do it. Like I lost sleep. I was always responding to something. And so really it was Facebook because I, again, my marketing budget was zero. (laughs) And so I had to utilize these free platforms like Facebook and Instagram and whatnot to really get the word out about my business. And it's great because, you know, even back then, I don't even think they had Facebook ads, or at least it was something that was so new people weren't doing them. Um, And so it was still an opportunity to you know, make a name for yourself. And I still utilize social media to this day because it's such a great way for people to come through in my funnel. Um, you know, so those in the early days, definitely social media. Then I began to, um, invest in myself. And, uh, I think, uh, what people are hesitant when it comes to masterminds is that you, I didn't realize how much access I would have just by virtue of being in a mastermind. So Mm -hmm. I began to connect with people who, Hey, we're, we're all pretty much on the same level. We've all made this investment and, you know, your coach will often say, oh, well, you should contact my client. Yeah. <laughs> so my coaches were sending people to me. And that was such a blessing because to have a coach who sometimes hired, you know, my coaches would hire me to do their trademarks. And then they got that experience with me. Yeah. And then from there, you know, then they're telling other people about me. That really helped a lot. And so even though I was investing into a coaching program, I really got a lot out of that. And then it was like a different experience level. Once I started getting into different rooms with people in different circles, it began to expand my network. Um, and so those things were happening. Yeah. What I'm and doing now that, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say now that you mentioned it, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how we met because Jada had met you through Rachel, I believe. And so yes. <laughs> that's how we connected. <laughs> so I'm grateful for that in- investment you made in yourself too. <laughs> so Me too. Circle back. <laughs> Me too. I'm definitely thankful for that investment because I've gotten such amazing people um, who I've been able to serve and super thankful for that. Um, And I think now what I'm doing is really just building up my personal brand and trying to show that I'm a thought leader um, because I'm multi-passionate. You know, I know I have more books in me. I know I'm supposed to start speaking. And again, I'm, I'm trying to figure out which way to go with that. And then I even want to do other things like, because again, I have had such a positive experience by being able to encourage myself. Um, 
but also really um, making a strong concerted effort to kind of like dismantle the perfectionism that Mm -hmm. has been following me all of my life Mm -hmm. um, because I realized that the perfectionism was causing me not to even show up fully in my business. It was making me afraid to do things or even try to figure things out because I couldn't do it perfectly. Um, And then realizing that this is a real problem. Like being a perfectionist is not cute. (laughs) It's a a fancy way to say you're a procrastinator, right? And it ultimately- Afraid. (laughs) It's just, I'm really afraid, (laughs) but it sounds better if I call it perfectionism. (laughs) Right, right. And um, I was realizing shortly thereafter, as I began to read different books, like The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, um, I still need to finish that book. I'm still, like I said, a recovering procrastinator, but- Or um, not, you got what you needed and that's fine. (laughs) That too. Ooh, you like got what that. you needed. Yeah. I got what I needed. Boom. Yep. But one of the things she said in the book um, that really, really changed like how I viewed fear um, because the fear and the procrastination is all just wrapped up in one. And um, she said that the same like brain like functions and synapses and like offshoots and whatever it is like that's shooting off in your brain when fear is coming, it's like the same thing that happens when you activate courage, except that courage holds on one minute longer. Mm. And if you began to like look over your life and you think of like, when did I have courage? Like, and it may have been when you got up to do a speech in front of like, you know, an entire community of people, or it could have been like just clicking the button to publish that new website or that new business. You probably were very afraid. You probably like palms were sweating. You're like, your breath, your breathing was getting labored. All of that happened, but you said, I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to push past the fear. And so anytime I feel fear, um, which can also show up as resistance, I also know that like, I'm actually, you know, much closer to actually accomplishing what I want to accomplish. If I just like hold on for a little bit longer, if I just actually do what I'm supposed to do. And so, you know, along that business journey, and really kind of learning these lessons, I'm just pouring that out in my personal brand um, on Instagram at Decora Davis. And it's really helping people to shift from like being hustlers to saying, okay, can I operate my business as a CEO? And what does that look like? Like, what are some real tools and tips and things that, that can help me? Because many women, especially, um, and I speak from the perspective of a black woman, many of us are just plagued by this fear and then also plagued by the fact that we are just going to be the ones to do it all. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything. I don't need a VA. I don't need a design. I don't need other people. It's just going to be me, 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 me. Yeah. And that was me about a year ago. And um, that was me until um, my father passed away. My daddy died uh, last May mm. and it devastated me. I mean, I, when I've got the call that morning, like I literally went through every emotion in five minutes. My husband said, I've never seen anything like that from you screaming to stomping to like punching the air. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I did that. He was like, baby, you were like this ball of emotion, you know? And, um, you know, I'm planning a funeral and in the midst of planning a funeral, I'm taking client calls. I'm doing trademark searches. I'm doing trademark drafts. And after, you know, we buried him and I began to look at what I was doing, I said, Takora, what did you build? Like, what did you do? 
And it was because I was so afraid of hiring another attorney. I was afraid of duplicating my own self in my business. Um, that was allowed me to not grieve my father properly. Mm. It allowed me to be consumed with the business. And I realized that this thing that God had given me to be a blessing and provision was a burden, you know, and I was bound to it. And uh, I really had this awakening that things really needed to change. And um, I have really good friends who really validated that as well. And they were saying, you know, now is that time to shift things. And so I made that decision at the beginning of this year, January 2020, to hire a part-time attorney. Um, And it's been such a blessing um, to have other people to come in and do the work that I do and be able to serve my clients more effectively and efficiently. And I didn't know whether or not this was working until unfortunately I had another great loss in February of 2020, which was my sorority sister, one of the people who's like super close to me. Like we've Mm. known each other for the past 15 years and she passed away. And um, I literally just couldn't function. I just said, I can't, I can't show up. I can't do anything. And my team was like, it's okay. We're going to take care of it. And so things were still getting done and I didn't have to do I was, I didn't have to be present like I was before. I could literally just pause and that had never happened before. And so, um, there's just a lot that I've learned, honestly, in the past year of just losing a lot of great people, people that I love dearly, also building, um, you know, my business, but really shifting into a role of really being a CEO and thinking like one. And it's just an everyday journey, you know, it definitely is. Well, thank you for sharing that because it is, it's in those moments, like those catastrophic make you feel all the feels, huge life shifting moments where it does put everything back into perspective, right? And that's one of the Mm -hmm. gifts of grief and loss and all of that, because it just on, on the big scales of like literally losing someone that you love. And then on the Mm -hmm. smaller scales of just having like a wake up call or a close call of some kind where then it makes us actually look and reflect. And I feel like Again, that's divine order and that's the way to really shake us up to be like, hang on a second, is this really the way that you want to go? And it doesn't make any of it wrong, right? Because like mm-hmm. like you, I was in hustle mode in the early years too. And to the point, like my husband was so confused how I could be on Facebook, but I was working. <laughs> I'm like, that's how I met <laughs> literally all my clients. I promise I'm working and not just playing. Well, okay, sometimes I'm just playing around on Facebook. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but like having that season of hustle mode is what enabled me to be able to save, to be able to help us through this transition from Hawaii to Mm -hmm. Texas, for example, you know? So it's like that season, there's nothing wrong about it. Even if you choose, that's not how you want to move forward. It's like that served and the hustling served and you doing everything that you did served because it helped you be so crystal clear when it was time. Like, okay, yep, I'm done with that. That's actually not how I'm going to move forward. And so many people will resonate more with your story because you went through that rather than if you were like super systemized right out of the gate, you know? And it was like, oh yeah, we never had to worry about that. I don't even know. I can't even relate. So it's like each of those seasons that's literally like seasoning us, you know, gives us the texture that other people can hold on to whenever you are writing your books and sharing your story and stuff. So thank you for sharing all of that. So speaking of the support, actually, I want to ask, so what was the kid situation like? Like, is your husband home um, were you both working? Were you working from home? Was he working out of the home? Like, how did you manage childcare over these first few years? Um, Jay, 
Yeah. <laughs> we, um, we, um, and I was like, like I literally, when I got pregnant with my son, I was like, we're going to do this. I'm going to cloth diaper. He is going to be a vegan. Um, cause I was a vegetarian, like at the time, right. um, I was like, he's like not going to have meat. And my husband was like, you're not asking me anything about this child. You're just making up all this stuff. Like as you go, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's going to stay home. He's, you know, so I was just like, I was a little, I was a little, you know, a little he's going to be like, volunteering by age four months, <laughs> <laughs> writing his so, senators. Um, yeah. And so I kind of, you know, I started to think about it and I did research and I was like, I really, really just, I would really prefer that, you know, we find someone to come into the home and be able to take care of him. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was like, I don't know who that's going to be and who I trust. And we kind of, there were some women at my church and I was like, well, maybe that'll work, but I'm not sure. Um, and, uh, my husband was like, oh, a woman that I used to go to church with at my old church, she actually is a sitter and a tutor. And I was like, really? And she was, and he was like, yeah, she takes care of kids. And I said, okay. And we interviewed her and I had met her before and she's just a delight. So I was like, okay, I know her. And she's, know a really nice lady and I like her and I interviewed her (laughs) on the phone and asked her all sorts of questions and I said okay I think I'm gonna be good with this and I actually looked into it I was like it would be the same amount paying her to pay like a daycare so it wasn't like I was paying that much more so I think sometimes people think it and she's not necessarily au pair we just she says I'm a caregiver so that's what her title is and um I was like oh okay we can afford this and uh, granted every single penny that I made went right back to her, but yeah. you know, when I was doing things, but, um, so that's been the situation. My husband is a manager at a local energy company. And so he's super busy and he has a team that he kind of supervises and things like that. Yeah. Um, and so there are people who report to him and, um, you know, we had, um, the caregiver start with my son when my son was two months old and she's been here ever since. So, um, so it's been such a blessing. Um, cause I was like, you know, I'm building this business, but I know that if I don't have a peace of mind about who is caring for my children, I I'm, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Um, and so even in the midst of the pandemic, you know, I asked her, I was like, I want you to feel comfortable. You know, do you want to come continue to come? And she was like, yeah, you know, we keep our circle small. Um, and so she's been able to continue to come and honestly, I'm thankful that I'm able to, con- that we, excuse me, are able to continue to provide her with a job Yeah, because it's been super hard for a lot of people. So that's been the childcare situation. And that's been, um, huge, honestly, because, you know, my children, um, you know, have been in the home and that's for me, you know, for the first couple of years, um, that's been amazing. Then I, when my daughter was born, you know, my husband had to have another talk with me and he was like, you know, I really think it's time for Miles to be able to go into a more formal environment, you know, and be with other children. And I just was like, I just was just so scared. I think, you know, to, to release him, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, we started going to different daycares when I was pregnant and, uh, with my daughter. And like, I remember going to one and I literally started crying, like in the, in the room with the toddlers and they were like coming up to me. And I was like, I think I'm getting emotional. I need to get out. (laughs) And, um, I ended up getting in my car and I was just like crying. My husband was like, baby, this is just the first place we went. We, We we're not committing to this. Like, I was like, it was just, 
I don't know. I don't know these people. They're strangers. Right. I was super emotional about it. And then um, I ended up speaking with a friend and we had lunch and um, she was like, oh, my son goes to a Montessori school and I absolutely love it. And he's, her son's name is Cash. So I was like, okay, first of all, cool kid. Okay. <laughs> it's gotta and, be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and she said that, you know, he um, has been in a Spanish, Spanish immersive classroom. So he understands Spanish. And I was like, what, you know? Mm-hmm. So I went and I checked the place out and I was like, this is it. I loved it. I love their approach. I felt comfortable, um, small classrooms. And so, you know, as my daughter came, uh, that crazy story of her coming, um, you know, we were able to have him in a Montessori school and that was great. And so it's been awesome. So my daughter was being kept, you know, still by the same wonderful woman who was keeping my son, my caregiver. And then, um, Miles started Montessori school and it was just so awesome. So awesome. Having a referral like makes it so much easier with Bryson. It was the same where my sister-in-law had my niece at this in-home childcare provider where she could have maybe, I think max like six kids and two under two at any given time. And it was just, it made it so much easier, right? Almost like because you just have decision fatigue and there's all these options. And if you literally don't know anybody, and of course many people do that and that's fine, but it sure does help if you can ask friends who you know have kiddos that they wouldn't be sending them to a place that they didn't feel great about. That makes it so much easier. Exactly. So with how old are they right now? At the time we're recording this, it's July. I don't know when this is going to be airing some point this year, but in July, 2020, how old are they now? Um, my son just turned four. Okay. And my daughter is turning to August 2nd. I know. Amazing. Okay. So preschool and then she's still at home. Well, or are yes. they both home right now? Well, They're obviously literally right Miles is home today. We had to chat with him <laughs> a little while ago. <laughs> yes. Enjoying his apple. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I just, in light of the virus and everything like that, yeah. I just say, you know what? We're just going to keep you guys home and we're just trying to figure it out. It's like, I, I didn't think that it would be like this. And so I'm still honestly trying to figure out what's best. I want Miles to continue to get that. Spanish. So I'm trying to find something that could be helpful to continue to uh, pour into him, you know, and so I don't want him to lose what he has. And my Spanish is just rusty. (laughs) So hopefully we'll, and I'm just like, okay, we're going to homeschool and we were just not ready for this, but this is what I feel we have to do. And so that's what we're preparing to do. Totally. Same over here. Just adding that into the mix, especially because we're about to have a newborn. Mm-hmm. And so, but Dickie was at a Spanish speaking, like immersive preschool too. And so he's, I just let them know and picked up his stuff last week and they're like, I totally understand. There's just so many things that, I mean, especially again, at the time we're recording this in July where it's just, who knows what's happening. It's, it's a rock and a hard place for people who really would love to be able to get back to work or need to be able to, or have, they're already, they're working and they just have to figure it out. Like it's just such an up near kind of place, but it does just make you feel so extra thankful that we had a few years lead time to be creating these businesses that give us that flexibility and the privilege of that, because it's like, wow, pronounced in 2020, big time, big time, Mm -hmm. big time. I'm so thankful for it. Okay. So before we go, I just wanted to ask you about your first book. As you said, there are many more to come, but planned to produce. Like I said, I've got my copy. What was that like? What sparked you to, to write it? What was the process like? And how does it feel to have it out in the world now? 
you know, um, planning to produce seven shifts to activate your creative soul. Um, you know, the process in writing it, I feel like it was a healing process for me. I began to really go through and think, what were all these shifts that I needed to make to get to the point where I am now from the point of that, like unsettling, uncertain, almost like depression state of just not knowing who I was and what is my purpose and what have I been put here for to actually, you know, um, actually just thriving in my purpose and prospering and, and just knowing like, this is what happens when you step out on faith. It's been such a wonderful, wonderful work of just labor of love. And I always tell people that this book is my seed in your ground. Mm. You know, um, it's just me doing what I do to encourage people to really go after their God breathed purpose. I understand that. And I don't think that people really realize this about procrastination and perfectionism. They're really all sent here to rob us of our legacy. You know, it's just a slow death to your legacy when you procrastinate and it allows you to be arrested and not make any significant progress towards your goals. And to me, really uncovering that, the links between the two, it makes perfect sense that I help people protect their brands because I'm helping you protect your legacy. Mm. And so, you know, I didn't understand the tie and how it all came through to even my encouragement and my, you know, really helping people see the value in their ideas because these things are, they're divine. They're downloaded into us so that we can go forth and do great things in the world. And so it's not even a book so much about law, which I thought would be like my first book. It's really more about purpose and how you can produce and how a lot of people feel that when they are in this dark season and dark place that they are buried you know, when you're buried, there's no intention of you coming back up or you pulling that thing back up. It's like, I'm putting it in the ground to die (laughs) and decay. But when you are planted, it's with the sole purpose of producing. And so it's all about the perception of where you're at. And so many people don't realize they're planted. They don't realize that that's the season in which they're in. And there are things that can happen from one season to the next and the next that will prepare you to grow and expand and get rooted. And so the book really talks about those different seasons and how you can get through each one. And I've I've heard people say they've read it in a day, that they read it over and over again, that they go back to certain things because it really helps them understand, you know, where they are. That's amazing. And just the beginning And I'm so grateful for everything that you have shared, that you let yourself be planted to produce, that you're doing the work that you're doing. And I really, I mean, I'm just like, wow, the fact that it's only been three years since you started your own. I'm just really excited to see where you go (laughs) from here. I'm excited to have a seat along to watch this continue to grow and evolve because as your story grows and as your experience grows, it's so clear how you're just like, okay, sure. Yep. All right. I'm going to help with that now because I've, I've learned that. I've integrated that. I've embodied that. Okay. And it does go so far beyond. And though I do love the link between all of it about protecting your legacy in the creator's law firm, creator's lawyer to Cora Davis. Thank you so much <laughs> for everything. Is there anything that we haven't covered? Just any final words of wisdom or encouragement that you want to share with our fellow Naptime Empire Builder? Um, I think we've covered a great deal of everything. Um, I just want to leave everyone with the encouragement that, you know, I always tell people that their ideas are valuable. Um, 
before other people want them. A lot of people see the value in what it is that they do when they see someone else doing something similar. I had that same idea. This person is doing this and doing that. Just know that the things that you um, are dreaming about, that you see yourself doing, that you feel called to do, that is already valuable at the moment that it was placed inside of you. It was valuable at its inception. And so, you know, moving forward towards creating a legacy brand and protecting your legacy, you know, those are things that you should do because what you have created and intend to create is worthy of all of that and more. And so um, I will end on that. (laughs) All right. Beautiful. And I'll put all the links to everything, including the book in the show notes. And then if you want to just tell us in audio form where we can find you the best place to connect with you online. Of course. The best place to connect with me online is on my Instagram page. Um, You can find me at Cora Davis. Um, I love, love, love Instagram and pouring into folks there. And so that would be the best place to connect with me. Alternatively, you can also connect with me at creatorswellfirm.com if you're interested in one-on-one legal services. Perfect pants. Thank you, Takora. Please tell Miles <laughs> thanks for his patience. <laughs> for oh letting us borrow you for an hour. <laughs> I will. I will. I have to run because I'm like, oh gosh, I have a, I hired this wonderful woman to do a sales training for my team. And so I apologize. <laughs> no worries at all. Go do it. Go do it. Have I'm fun. Like, we'll talk uh, soon. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. All right, homework for this episode. I loved hearing her story and how she went after her vision by writing it into existence. And if you've listened to previous episodes, you probably know I love when I do, I don't do it consistently, but when I do doodle ideas, journal, vision, and all of that, like it feels like my pen is a magic wand, right? So I just want to encourage you today to give it a try, writing it into existence. If it's been a while since you let yourself admit what you want to create out loud, use this conversation as your inspiration. Set aside some time today, even if it's just five minutes, and let yourself dream on paper. As always, take a screenshot, tag us in your Instagram story. She's at Decora Davis. I'm at Nikki Elledge Brown. And while you're here in your favorite podcasting app, if you have not yet, I would so appreciate it if you would take 60 seconds to leave a rating and review for the show whatever your favorite episode is however you feel when you're listening i'd love to hear it i read everyone and so greatly appreciate it that's it for this time catch you in the next episode this show may be over but the conversation is just beginning head on over to naptimeempires.com slash facebook so you can join my free wait did i say free I'm in priceless, rapidly growing community of Naptime Empire Builders for deeper discussions, behind the scenes scoop, and of course, updates whenever I've got new stuff coming up for you. NaptimeEmpires.com slash Facebook. See you there. See you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Good job, buddy.